Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. First John 1 9, you know what? If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Same exact principle. Never allow our sinning to keep us from confessing and repenting. Don't allow the enemy to say that to you. God is waiting for us to confess so he can forgive and restore. Do you believe today that you are worthy to be loved by God? He desires a relationship with you. Today, Pastor Mark will teach listeners about the importance of confession. One of the big reasons that holds people back from repentance is that they believe God could never love them. There's nothing you can do to earn God's love. It's a free gift. The enemy will try and convince you otherwise. Believe the truths of Scripture and the examples of those in it. God desires fellowship with everyone. All you have to do is confess your need for him and believe that he conquered sin on the cross. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Daniel as he concludes with part two of his message, Success, Two-Way Conversation with God. sinned over and over and over again. And God was asking them through Daniel to confess their sin for one reason, so he could restore them. Now notice something very unusual. Notice in this verse, these verses, verse five, Daniel doesn't say this, watch me. And you guys are Israel. You have sinned. I haven't sinned. It's you that have sinned. You need to repent. What does he use? We. So what does he do? He includes who? Himself. There's no self-righteousness there. When I teach, and a lot of people say that's not the right way to teach, but I've always done it. I use me, we, us. Why? Because I'm just like you. Now, interestingly enough, two guys in the Bible, there may be more. These are two I know of, Joseph and Daniel. We don't have a list of any of their sins. None of them. Even the king of Israel, David, king's son. King David, oh, we have this. Peter, we have it. But we don't have it. Now, they were sinners, obviously, because we're all sinners. And they sinned, obviously. But God, for some reason, didn't put their specific sin or sins in the Bible. But notice, Daniel is not going there. He's simply going to say, we, we, we. He, he, he includes himself with the people. He puts himself right in there. And as you do that, you want to write this down. He's praying right. 
He's not pointing his finger self-righteously at somebody else. Pray right. Daniel confessed his sins and the sins of the Jewish people. Not just his, but the sins of the Jewish people. Now, confess. What in the world does that mean? Well, it simply means to agree with God. God, you're right. I'm wrong. I have sinned. There's those three words. Confess means to say the same thing. So when God says, don't lie, and you just lied, confess means, God, I lied. I'm saying the same thing the scripture says. Don't lie. And by that, I'm saying, God, you're right. I was wrong. I lied. I have sinned. Now, confession isn't the only thing that's needed. Repentance is needed. See, many people confess because they get caught or they feel bad. But that's not really the whole story. Repentance is also required. Repentance is a change of mind that ends up in a change of action. I'm living this way, and I confess my sin, and I don't go right back and do it again. I change to a different lifestyle, and that is repentance. The confession leads to repentance, and repentance leads to a changed lifestyle because I realize it isn't right. Now, many times Christians don't think we sin very often. But we actually sin way more, way more than we think. Let's talk about sin. Simply, sin of commission. That simply means do not lie. And when I lie, I know I lie. I'm doing what I know is wrong. That's common to all of us. That's not hidden. We know that. Now, here's the one we struggle with. Sin of omission. Not doing what we know is right. Forgive those that hurt you. What? It's hard for us. And then, of course, there's sins that we don't even like to think about. Sins of thought. Nobody knows I did it. Things of action. People know I do it. So as a Christian, we need to confess often. Often. Because we do sin. Now, you and I will never be sinless as Christians. But as we mature, let's see if you remember it at our campuses. If we mature, we learn to sin less. Exactly. We're maturing, we're growing in our love for God. Now, the reason we struggle with confession is we want to defend our actions. We want to rationalize our responses. We want to simply make excuses for our sins. Now, Adam and Eve had one commandment. Don't eat from that tree. What happened? They went right to that tree and ate. And when it was over, did they take responsibility for their sin? No. What did, what did Adam say? It's the woman. He said to God, God, it's your fault. Look at that woman you gave me. Some of you are saying that today. You're going to have to confess. So Adam blamed God. God, it's the woman you gave me. And how did Eve respond to that? It's that stupid snake down there. He's the one that's guilty. So Adam blames God, Eve blames the snake, and the snake had no feet to stand on. (laughs) There wasn't a leg anywhere. It was over. But see, that's kind of the way we are. God, I sinned, but it's not really me. And that happens over and over again in our life. And God says, no. Daniel's saying to the people, no, it's not somebody, it's not God's fault. It's your fault. It's my fault. We, we. So I have to learn to take responsibility for my sin. Turn to your neighbor and say, 
I need to take responsibility for my sin. Do it right now. Come on. Come on. Exactly. Is that hard to do? Yes. Yes, it is hard to do. Now, notice how, notice how specific Daniel's confession is. We rebelled. We refused to listen to your prophets. We refused to obey your word. Very specific. Here's what you want to write. You and I need to be specific when we confess our sins. Just don't say, well, God, I think I sinned three times today. Please forgive me. No, 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 no. Specific. What is the area that God's dealing with? And we're going we're gonna to pray for that at the end of the service today for all Christians. We're going to stand together. And if God speaks to you during the service, and he will, and maybe a specific sin, maybe a situation, and we're going to ask God to confess it. You're going to have to name it. I'll have to name it. It's not general stuff. Now, the way I try to do that with confession is when I'm up in the morning, pretty much every day I get up at 5.30 or 6, and I do a little quiet time before anybody else is up, I'll use that quiet time. And one of the things I do in my journaling is I assess yesterday. How did I do? Well, I did really good here, and I did good here, and I did good here. Mm, you're right, God. This, I didn't do very good. And if, it ha- if I have to go to my wife or, or grandkids or whatever, say somebody at work, then I do that too. But that's where I confess it because I want to keep my list short with God. Amen? See, you, you, you could do something wrong today and you know it's a sin and it's Thursday. You won't remember it because you've sinned a lot more since then. Just keep that. Now, why do I confess my sin? See, when, when I sin as a Christian, and that's it's a lifestyle, when I sin as a Christian, I'm, I'm not losing my salvation. I'm breaking relationship with God. And when I break relationship with God, now listen to me very closely. Sometimes as a Christian, we've all been there. You pray, and like the ceiling takes the prayer and pops it back right down to you. Like God isn't hearing me. You don't feel any relationship. Sometimes, not always, but sometimes, you know what that's from? God's trying to say to you, there's a sin, you know it, I want you to confess it, but you're making an excuse. And so I'm not going to answer your prayer. The Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, if there's sin in my heart, God does not hear me. Now, he's not being mean. He's trying to say, I want that relationship with you fixed first. But sometimes we don't understand that. See, he's more concerned with who you are than what you do. It's the character of who we are. So when you do that and confess it in, in a kind of a daily or every two or three days, you're, you're kind of doing that, you keep a short list. And then you receive God's forgiveness. And then what happens? The heavens open up. Wow, and prayer is back to way at you. Are you here, God? When you read the Bible, whoa, it says something right to you. Now look at verse 7. Watch how Daniel doesn't focus on the sin, but focuses on God's character. That's a big deal for us. You know, there's lots of churches you can go today. You will never hear the word sin. I don't know what they do with the Old Testament. I don't know what they do with the New Testament because it's all over the place. So, but it isn't about our sin. It's about the character of God this morning. Now watch. Lord, you are righteous. But this day, we, the people, were covered with shame. The men of Judah and the people of Jerusalem, Israel, both near and far, and all the countries where you've scattered us because of our unfaithfulness to you. Oh, Lord, we and our kings, our princes, our fathers are covered with shame because we have sinned against you. David would teach us when we sin, 
All sin is primarily against God. Sometimes against people, but always, bottom line, against God. Look at verse 9. The Lord our God is merciful and forgiving, even though we have rebelled against him. Now, we have not obeyed the Lord our God or kept the laws he gave us through his servants and prophets. All Israel has transgressed your law and turned away, refusing to obey you. Therefore, the curses and the sworn judgments written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us because we have sinned against you. See, as the children of Israel, they were warned over and over and over again, hundreds of times through the Old Testament, and they just refused. So notice Daniel knows what's coming. He knows why they've been in Babylon for almost 70 years. It's not God's fault. It was the people's fault. They simply sinned against God, wouldn't listen to the scriptures. By the way, I'm very concerned for our nation, aren't you? Because we don't listen to God anymore. I'm concerned for our churches. People don't even want to go. Your church teaches sin. I'm not going. I want to go to church that tells me I'm wonderful and good and everything's going to be great in life. No, there's a balance to the word of God. Now watch what goes on. Verse 12, you'll fulfill the word spoken against us and our rulers who are bringing upon us a great disaster, not just in this particular instance, but many. Under the, uh, the whole heaven, nothing has ever been done like what has been done to Jerusalem. It was destroyed. The temple was destroyed. Just as it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come on us. Now remember, this is Daniel saying to God, we know why we're slaves in Babylon. For 70 years. We know. We absolutely know. It's not you, God. It's our fault. No. Yet we have not sought the favor of the Lord our God by turning, that's that repentance, from our sins and giving attention to your truth. The Lord did not hesitate to bring this disaster on us, for the Lord our God is righteous in everything he does, yet we have not obeyed him. So what Daniel is saying to God is, God, we're not blaming you. Now, the people might be blaming you. And sometimes Christians blame God. No, that's wrong. Daniel says, you're a just God. You warned us over and over again. We're scattered all over the world because, God, these are terrible circumstances, but it's not your fault. It's our fault. He was filled with shame because when Israel came in, they were to be light, as I said, to a pagan world that worshiped idols. And to say we have a one true God. What did they do? They not only disobeyed God, the Israelites, God's children, started worshiping Buddhas and idols. And so when Jerusalem is destroyed, what do the pagans do when they came around and they see the temples no longer there? <laughs> Remember these guys that told us they have a true living God that takes care of them? Look at this. We destroyed it all. Nice God you got. Daniel was ashamed because they were making God look bad. By the way, I'm the living temple today. So are you. Is my life making God look good? Or are the, un the unbelievers laughing at me? Yeah, become a Christian like, yeah, right. <laughs> look at that life. <laughs> See, it's not about me. It's about the character of God. We're not here to make God look bad. We're here to make God look good. And when we sin, there's going to be consequences. Daniel says, I'm not blaming you, God. We know all this stuff that come up. We brought it on ourselves." So Daniel knew this principle from the Old Testament. 
Obedience brings blessing. Disobedience brings discipline. See, understand, our God is like our Father. In our world, in the Bible, in Hebrews, basically it says this. If an earthly father, mother, doesn't discipline their children lovingly, not beating, all that kind of, lovingly, it says that the parents don't love their kids. That mentality is not too much in our world today. You see, in many homes this morning, who rules the home, the parents or the kids? Why? Because I'm afraid to discipline them. I don't have time to discipline. That's their problem. No, no. Our God is our heavenly father. He is a good, good father. And sometimes he has to discipline us. I'm not expecting a lot of amens there, but it's true. I don't like it either. Back to the shed we go. Here's God. Boop. Okay. Get straight now, bomber. Amen. Now, why does he discipline us? For our good. We need to learn. He's a loving father. So understand, you know this statement. What we sow, we reap. You know that statement. Here's another one. Choose to sin, choose to suffer. My choice. That's what Israel did. They chose to sin, and now they're suffering 70 years. But God is gracious. So understand, you and I have to simply do one thing. We have to understand, it's my responsibility to realize, if God's disciplined me, there's a reason. He's a just God. Don't get angry at God. Confess, repent, and get back in fellowship. Now, look at verse 9. The Lord our God, here's Daniel again, is merciful and forgiving. Here's what you want to write. God is a merciful God who loves to forgive. And his whole goal of forgiving is to do one thing. Restore us back in fellowship with him. Now, the word of God is just filled with this kind of thing. See, the church is a hospital. People come and they're sick. God wants to heal them, restore them spiritually, physically, mentally, in a million ways. But look at what With all those negative things we heard about Israel sinning, look at the promise from God. Jeremiah 29. This is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for how many years? 70 years. 69? No, 70 years. 70 years. But then, when God says, but then, that's a good thing. When I say, but, it's usually a bad thing. I'll obey you, God, but. And when God says, but, there's something good. Look at this. But then I will come and do for you All the good things I have promised. Now, this is written to the people in Babylon, the Jews. And I will bring you home again. I'll bring you back to your land. After I've punished you, I'll bring you back to your land. Watch this. And for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Many of you know that verse. You didn't know the context of the verse. He's going to bring them, bring the children of Israel after they've been disciplined, what? Home. And he has great plans for them. Look at this. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Let me just say to you this morning, when people walk away from God, what is his goal? Well, he lets them walk away because it's free choice and they get disciplined by God. Some of you here this morning need to make a recommitment. What does he want you to do? He wants you to come home. Because he wants to restore you. You say, well, Pastor Mark, if you come home, what's the life going to come back? No, he's, he's got plans for you. They're good. They're, they're not for disaster. They're good to give you a future and a hope. Come back home this morning. Don't let the enemy say to you, you've sinned too much. You haven't sinned too much. Come back home. By the way, God has good plans for all of us this morning. 
to give us the future. Then he goes on. In those days, now watch this. Watch the bracelet. In those days, when you, say it with me, pray. Not if. When you pray, what's his promise? I will listen. What kind of prayer is he talking about? Confession. Not God, can you get us back sooner? No, confession. When you confess that you were wrong and repent and say, we're going to live a different lifestyle. When you bring us back home, God, we're going to start obeying your word. Then what happened? I will listen. The windows of heaven will open. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you, if you look, you'll find me. That's the character of our God. Now, that's an Old Testament promise. We have a New Testament promise, the same. First John 1, 9, you know what? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Same exact principle. Never allow our sinning to keep us from confessing and repenting. Don't allow the enemy to say that to you. God is waiting for us to confess so he can forgive and restore. Would you just turn to your neighbor and say, I'm so glad God is a forgiving God. Go ahead. Just, I'm so glad God is a forgiving God. Now you dish some people because you've always turned to the left instead of the right. So turn to the other person and say the same thing on our campuses. Come on. Or somebody behind you right now. That's it. Good. That person has had evil thoughts of you the whole service. So just turn to them and say, you have to repent. I've just done that to you. All right, here we go. You see how that works in our lives? Exactly. Now look at verse 15. Now, O Lord, our God, who brought your people out of Egypt. So here goes Daniel hundreds and hundreds of years before. He knows the history of the Jewish people. With a mighty hand and made for yourself a name that endures to this day. We have sinned. We have done wrong. What is Daniel doing? He's reminding the children of Israel that God has always been good to his people. You see, when Israel was slaves, they were slaves as a nation to Egypt, 400 years, not 70, 400. They cried to the Lord. They prayed to God. And God heard their prayer and sent Moses as an answer. That's why we call it the Exodus. And after a while, Pharaoh finally said, your God's better than our crazy God. Get out of my country. And God ended up looking good. You see, understand that principle. God heard their cries. Supernatural deliverance. You have history with God. How many times in our lives have we disobeyed dishonored God, made him look bad. But how many times, even after sinning rebellion, he came, he allowed us to come to our senses. We repented, we asked forgiveness, and he restored us. Daniel knew God's principle that obedience brings blessing and disobedience brings discipline. Today, Pastor Mark showed us how Daniel's devotion to private time with the Lord set him up for success in all areas of his life. He always approached prayer with humility. Our God wants to be just as active in our lives today as he was in Daniel's. Are you praying first, praying right, and praying daily in your life? Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. What truths about God's relationship with Israel can we apply to our lives today? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will look at God's prophetic calendar for Israel. God always knows what is right for us, even when we do not understand His reasoning. His heart was always to restore the nation of Israel, and His heart is always to restore our relationship with Him. Never doubt the Lord's providence in your life. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Since